We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uplevel, the app that's redesigning the world for women. Head over to uplevel.com, that's U-P-L-E-V-Y-L.com, to join the Uplevel network and learn how to accelerate your life professionally, personally, and financially. Apply now and get access to highly curated, female-focused, and ad-free content. Membership required. Download the Uplevel app on the App Store today. I'm so excited for tonight's episode featuring Valerie Stavnitzer from Valerie Chicago. Many of you follow her. You even wear her beautiful accessories. And tonight you're going to hear her backstory and the challenges she's overcome to get to where she is today. During this episode, Valerie shared what inspired her to create her brand. She spoke about how her business was a catalyst to her self-growth, how to deal with competition, and also how she had to work through past trauma that affected her business. Valerie spoke about learning not to let people walk all over her in business and in life, about developing confidence, the idea of faking it until you make it and how Instagram is really just a highlight reel. And we don't see most of what's going on behind the scenes. Valerie spoke about the moment she decided to delegate and hire help and offers advice to other business owners who are considering getting help. She spoke about her struggles with depression and anxiety, how not to care about what others think and offered some really great life advice and tips for others. I'm so excited for you to hear her story, learn a lot, and be inspired. I'm a lot like my son. My mom will always say I have, a, I have, a, I have three kids. Um, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I have a seven-year-old son, and I have a four-year-old daughter. So he's right smack in the middle, and he is – his name is Mayor, and he is literally his name, which it means light. He brings light into any room, and he is vivacious and passionate. He feels things super passionately. So when he's really happy, he's really happy. When he's really sad, he's really sad. When he's really mad, he's really mad. And that is how I was as a kid. I was super passionate. I was impulsive. I was not afraid to take risks. Um, I did ballet for eight years. I went on point in ballet. I was the kid in circus camp that was like on those, um, what are they called? It's swinging in the air and then you're doing flips on the bar. That was yeah, me. Yeah. I like had no problem. I didn't even know how to do cartwheels. I just did one. That was my personality. Um, so I was always like this um, very risk-taking go-getter, tried stuff, you know, probably shouldn't have tried, but I did. Um, <laughs> and I... I was, I actually am very, I'm very proud of that personality. And I am actually one of the things I'm working on as an adult is kind of getting that back a little bit. Um, so that's the best way to describe it. Wow. I love that. And it's so funny because as you were talking about 
feeling your feelings and being passionate. I actually have seen some of that come out during your Instagram, you know, stories or whatever. Um, so it's interesting that you, that you talk about, you know, kind of developing that and getting back to where you started, like your childhood self kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So let's, we have so many things to discuss, but um, let's mm-hmm. start off with talking about your brand and what inspired you to create Valerie Chicago. Sure. Sure. Um, so I did not grow up religious. I decided to become, um, I'm now a religious Jew. I always identified as Jewish. I was always proud to be Jewish. Um, I had very strong great grandmothers that went through a lot just because they were Jewish. Um, and I started to become religious and then, you know, not, this was not the plan, but I got married very, very early. I think I became religious. I started getting interested in high school, but I became religious like around 17, 18, and I got married at 19. So that's just a great. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> wow is right. That was that not the so- plan. My parents had to plan a wedding in like, I don't know, like, I don't even know, like six weeks. I don't even know. I don't even remember. It was like a blur. It just happened. Um, and I kind of took things on very, very quickly. Um, we have a lot of different, I don't like using the word law, but we have a lot of different laws um, that you, I was under the impression that in order to become more religious, you have to take those things on. Um, so just a little bit of background, women who in, in Judaism, in um Orthodox Judaism, women who got married usually cover their hair um, with a scarf, with a wig. I'm wearing a wig right now. Um, They usually take that on when they get married. And to be honest, I was never really so attached to my hair. Even when I wasn't religious, I always had extensions. I mean, you know, my friends know that I would literally just pull the extension out and show people like that was just how I was. Um, I dyed my hair different colors. I was never attached. So when hair covering came into the picture, I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. Like, you know, this is my way of connecting to God. I really, I still feel that way. That's why I still do it. Um, That is probably the main reason why I still do it is because it helps me connect to God. And I'll talk about this later, but really makes me feel like I have control and a voice. Um, So when I, I got married at 19, I decided to cover my hair when I got married and I got pregnant and had my first daughter at 21. Um, so it was all very, very fast. I kind of got thrusted into this new life, this new world. I was still just fresh off the religious boat and I was just being, you know, introduced to all these different things and all these different laws. And I was just like very, very overwhelmed. My, my name, my nature is to be impulsive. My nature is to only make decisions and take things on if I want to, if I know why I'm doing it. Um, and I was kind of just taking things on because I thought it started, it shifted from, why am I, why am I doing this? And do I connect to that too? This is what's expected of me. And that was a very, very hard switch. And I didn't even realize it was happening. So when I had my daughter, I had postpartum depression, um, the type where, you know, you think that, um, that baby is better without you. That's the type I had. And I really, truly believed it. And one of the things that I, you know, I, I kind of always, um, I kind of always, um, what's the word? Like, valued myself based off of my looks because that's what got the most attention. Um, People didn't really see me for who I was as a teenager. People kind of saw my looks um, and always complimented me saying I'm pretty, saying whatever, all these different things. And that's what I like really, um, that was my identity, which is really sad actually um, for that to only be what you, what your identity is. And I 
when I had a baby, I was just like, I felt gross. I felt gross. I love her. I love my baby. And I'm so grateful that I had her. She's a wonderful, wonderful child right now. Um, she's like my best friend. Um, <laughs> but it was just really hard for me becoming a mother, dealing with past traumas that came up um, and just really being so depressed. And I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. I feel so ugly. And I'm not putting on a wig right now because I don't want to. It is uncomfortable. I'm nursing. I'm this baby. Then I'm pumping and then I'm making, you know, you know, food and I'm like cleaning the house. And I, you know, I have, I have, I was in school. I just was so uncomfortable. And I started to notice I was getting a lot of migraines and I was diagnosed with chronic migraines later. Um, and at the time, my favorite way of covering my hair was with a scarf or with a beret. Um, and at that time, which is about eight or nine years ago now, I couldn't find a beret for less than $45, like with an embellishment on it, which I thought was so, so expensive. Like I'm newly married. I just had a baby. I'm like 21 years old. You know, we're, I can't afford to buy, we cover our hair every day. I can't afford to buy this stuff. So I, I finally like one, you know, one weekend, my husband and I went out Saturday night and I was talking to my friends about like, do you think I should like make my own berets? Like, do you think that, you know, do you think that people would want this? Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to make myself one. So I went to Michael's actually with my husband on a Saturday night. It was our date night. Someone was watching my daughter, obviously. We went to Michael's and I found this, like, it was, it's almost, it's like a jewelry piece. If you go to Michael's, they have like that jewelry, those jewelry pieces, you can make bracelets, earrings, whatever. Found this like jewelry piece. I took like an old like beret from Forever 21 that I had before I was religious. Cause I like, I liked like wearing berets and hats always. I put it on and like, I, I posted it on my Instagram just for, like for fun. And I had friends who were following me, obviously. And at that time, Instagram was amazing. Everyone saw immediately what you posted right away. And I got a message saying, hey, can you make me the same one? Like, are you selling these now? And I was like, I'm not really selling them. But like, yeah, I can make you one. And like, I ran to Claire's to find berets. I ran to Michael's the next day, like praying that they still have them. And little by little, that's how that's how it started. Yeah. Um, I love it how, you know, you're a perfect example of a business that came about because of an actual need. Mm -hmm. And you oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a hobby. Like I was in school for psychology. I was getting my, you know, I was going to go um, specialize in trauma or addictions. Um, and then I saw how this was kind of picking up. And I think one thing I didn't mention is that, you know, I, my type, my personality, like I was the kid in school that when I had a test, I was dressed in the nines, like my room was clean in order to study. Like, I really do feel that the way we look and the environment around us influences how we feel. And for me, that was very, very, very true. Like when I, you know, when I had a baby, if I was wearing a beret that felt that made me feel prettier and put together, even though I didn't have my, you know, my hair and my wig on, that made me feel better. And that's what I wanted want to do for women still to this day. That's really my passion. I want not necessarily that you need to feel better, but that extra boost of something that just gives you the confidence or feeling better or, you know, the, the boost that you need to be able to take on whatever you're taking on. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love I'm oh, sorry, what did you say? I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, it's important. It's for sure important because that's your that's your why, you know? It's your brand story. And and I, I'm sure that women do feel like that. I know that when I I have some of your you know products, I love them. Um and they really do make you feel so I don't cover my hair yet, so I'm not at that, you know, stage, but um, I could imagine that if I did cover my hair and I felt like it was hard because it's not my hair, putting yeah. on something like that to define more my personality, to bring it, like, I would just, 
it, it does empower you. There's something about it, you know, the way we feel as women. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've been on this journey um, of your business. And I know it's so funny because I I think that as entrepreneurs, we always, we, we realize this um, as we start our businesses and as we grow with our businesses, that it's really a process of self-growth, right? It's not just about your business yeah. growing. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that in regards to your growth. And I know that you've spoken about, um, learning about yourself and, and confidence building. So I'd love to hear about that more. Sure. So even from like a very, um, like first level, like perspective, um, I don't know if there's like small business, I'm sure there's small business owners who are listening to this. Oh, podcast, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Things like pricing, like I had to learn all these things that I honestly never really thought of. I didn't, you know, both my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, my mom owns a spa that she built herself. My dad was a professional photographer. So I saw them. I saw how they, you know, conducted themselves in business. But like I never even just like the books, like I didn't know that you have to like make a profit. You can't just like sell it for what you're buying it for because then it doesn't make sense. You know, like this that was one level of, you know, very like, you know, like what first level like understanding but like that was really a lot of growth for me just all like the back end of the business and then you know there were there were a lot of things like I really wanted clients to be happy and you know there was a point there was a time where I would literally just let everyone walk all over me and like I'm still learning not to do that I'm still learning not to do that you know obviously every situation is personal um but there also comp competition was really difficult for me um I remember sitting at you know we we have Shabbat every Friday night and uh, Saturday we have lunch with usually like another couple. I mean, thanks to COVID, it doesn't really happen so often anymore. But at that time it was happening. And I remember another couple was here and one of them said to me, just wait, just wait till you have competition. I was like, I'm not going to have competition. What do you mean? Like, what? Like, this is just like a hobby I'm doing on the side. Like I'm in school, like it's not going to happen. And then it started to happen. And that was, you know, I, I really feel things very deeply, like my son, like I mentioned before. And I, I was taking things way too personally. And I was like, why am I taking this so personally? Like, why does it hurt so much? And I realized like past trauma, it's because of past trauma. It's because of how I was raised. It's because of things that I experienced. It's because of how people spoke to me. And honestly, the amount of negative self-talk that I still struggle with today was something that was really, that was really what was hurtful. It wasn't even what was actually happening. It's like, well, you're not good enough or, you know, your designs aren't like, whatever, they're fine, you know? And it was like that, like, why are we having, like, what is going on? So there's been a lot, you know, I went to therapy for it. I'm a big advocate of therapy and we worked through past traumas and we worked through how, you know, how to gain those tools to be able to face those challenges. You know, like when, when somebody's trying to take advantage of you, you know, when, when you see a competitor, like, don't take it so personally, like focus on your own thing. Um, that is the greatest piece of advice that I, that I can give is just don't look at anything else focus on your own thing, focus on your why, focus why you started in life generally, but also in my business. Just like the fact that I focus on my why is frankly what's keeping me in this business. Um, and also what really like, that is the, the essence. That's what gets me through it. Yeah, no, so true. Like staying in your lane and just focusing yeah. ahead, like not looking backwards, not looking to the side, just yeah, looking ahead. Distraction. It's like, it just shows you how well you are doing, you know, because if you start to like diverge, you're like, it's trying to get you off track, you know, which isn't, you don't need Helpful. to do that. 
Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I also wanted to um, ask you about, you mentioned about letting clients like walk all over you. So how do you, because that, that's something that's very common, by the way, you know, wh- whether it's clients or customers in the business world for, especially for new entrepreneurs. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of even like seasoned entrepreneurs struggle with. Um, how did you work on that? You know, just putting up those boundaries and and not letting people walk all over you. I think it like, I think if you're someone who lets people walk all over you in your business, you let people walk all over you outside of your business too. I, I just, I, I really do personally believe that. And I, you know, little by little, I feel like I turned, I just recently turned 30 in June. And like, I feel like now that I turned 30, a light bulb went off and I was like, you don't need to be my friend. You don't need to be in my life. I'm not going to be there to help you with everything that you need. Why? Because it's actually a disservice to you. And like, that's really what I think with, it can translate into your business as well. Like if somebody like, you know, bought something and I've had this where somebody bought something four years ago and they want like, they want to exchange it or they want to, you know, they want me to fix it for free, which I happen to like have a like hundred percent guarantee. Like I'm happy to fix things and, you know, it depends on the client, but you know, you, you can sense when someone's taking advantage of you, you can sense it. And I think just, you know, working on it outside of your business is going to help you tremendously in your business. And I think that therapy is a wonderful way to do it. Um, or filling yourself up outside of it. Like, you know, going and working out or whatever you like to do, like, you know, going to get a coffee for yourself, like fill yourself up and, you know, let you not take advantage of you, but like be that person that everybody's trying to take advantage of for to you. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like self really it's like self-care, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, self-care is such a vague, you know, term because it's so different for everybody else. Like going and getting my, for example, going and getting your nails done might be self-care to somebody, but for other people, it's hygiene, you know? So it just, it just depends on what your, what your thing is. Right. And, and when did you, you know, like start noticing that this is something you had to work on? I want to say like two, like maybe a year and a half ago, you know, if other people don't value me, then I better start valuing myself. And that starts with distancing myself from people who make me feel yucky. Yes. Oh, and even, and you know, you, you, you know, that feeling it's in, it's like right here. <laughs> feel like this person makes me feel less than I don't need to be around them. And maybe they don't make other people feel that way, but with you, they make you feel less than so distance. You know, even if that's, you know, even if it's a family, you know, a relative, like you're allowed to distance yourself to protect your sanity and your mental health. And as in, you know, and then there's like the whole guilt that comes with that. It's it's a process, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's also, it's interesting because, you know, a, a topic that I like to cover also is the, is the idea of adulting. Mm-hmm. And I think this really goes, you know, under that umbrella of adulting, because when you realize that some things are just toxic or unhealthy for you to be around. And yeah. you all of a sudden like get out of that, you know, teenage, those teenage years. Yeah. Or those early, and you're just like, right. Yeah. Like, it, it's a maturity. The way that we grow, we notice that. Right. It's not working for us anymore. Like, why are we doing the same thing over and over again? Okay. So we, besides for the, you know, the idea of adulting, well, I should say in addition to that idea of adulting, you know, we, we also spoke about confidence and well, we spoke before this recording, right. About the idea of confidence and rebuilding it. And I actually was thinking about how we've spoken about that in the past through like DM together. 
Um, And it's so interesting how as small business owners, people, I don't think people who are not small business owners always like realize or entrepreneurs realize the pressure and, you know, the confidence that it takes to really put yourself out there and stand up for yourself and, and run your business. So I would love to hear from you about your experience with this. So I'll be honest with you. Thank God my business started out as a hobby because I don't think I could have done it differently because you don't, you're almost like not in it that much, you know, like it's fun. You do it on the side. People came over. I had like, it was like a buffet. You could pick what the applique, you could pick the gems, you could pick the beret or the cap or the headband. And then I would make it for you. Like it was fun. And then once it became a business and once it was like influencers, this email marketing, this social media, this, and it, it was just like, I'm just, I just need a blanket and I want to hide. You know, because I'm naturally like, I know that like I, you know, again, going back to like how I explain, you know, describe myself as a child, I'm not like that anymore. I'm actually really shy and I'm actually an introvert. And, you know, I've been trying to kind of like get back to this little girl who was just so confident and risk taker. And I think, you know, getting back to her is really what's what the conf, it's almost like fake it till you make it. Like that's really my, that's personally my best advice is that if you don't have that confidence and if you're really passionate about what you're doing and you genuinely want to do it, fake it till you make it. I, that's really my best advice. Yeah, it's true. No, I'm laughing because it's so funny. It's like people say it and they laugh about it, but the truth is that it's true. You end up growing into whatever you're, yeah. You know how I am to be over here, like in this, in this, it's true. Like I am faking it till I make it like that. That is just the reality. And like, hopefully something, you know, I'm, I, I just believe that something good will come out of it, you know? And I've also noticed like when you do fake it till you make it and really what ends up happening is you, you take away the fear. When you say fake it till you make it, you take away that fear of putting yourself out there because you're so focused on faking it. So you're faking it. Okay, I can fake it. It's not like really showing myself. But what ends up happening is you actually do show yourself. And the people who like you will will attach on to you. And the people who don't, don't. And that's actually great because it does the process of, you know, getting these people who aren't for you out out from your yeah. life. So, you know, that's filters. My- yeah, no, for sure. It filters people. Yeah. That's such a great point, Valerie, actually, about filtering Wait. people. Yeah, no, <laughs> not actually, but that's such a great point. Um, yeah. I love that because, yeah. yeah, that that's another lesson. I think of people, and it's funny actually that you mentioned that because I was watching this influencer talk about the similar idea, like a personal growth influencer, and she was talking about like not caring, not about not caring what other people think. That that's definitely like true, but also about like not being like, um, what's the word like you know, emotionally beholden to your relationships that you, that people around you should know your boundaries and that like, if they cross your lines or if they don't treat you well, they should know that like, that's not going to be acceptable and goodbye. You know what I mean? The good riddance. So, um, and that's something that I really have been working on. And it sounds like you've also been working on that, um, over the past like couple of years. And so there's like this freedom that comes along with it. Yeah. As long as you can also combat the guilt, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. 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 And people respect you for it more, you know, people really yeah. do. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Okay, let's talk about actually it's so interesting because now this this brings um bring to mind a different point I wanted to talk about that you know people see like you have this beautiful social media feed and you post yourself sure and you post you know your models and you go on online and talk about things and um it's so interesting because people really have no idea what's behind the surface unless if they know. And you know, no one until you mentioned it knew that you struggled with anxiety and depression in the past. Yeah. It, it, like there's so much more than, you know, than what meets the eye. So yeah, I mean, like, how has that been for you as a, you know, putting yourself out there as a more public, I, I'm going to say public figure for lack of better, you know, better words. Um, but, you know, how has that been for you in regards to like, what you share, what you don't share, and like people thinking your life is a certain way and you know that it's not, like how has that been for you? It's a lot of pressure. That's the first thing that comes to mind. It's a lot of pressure. I think it's a lot of pressure and I think um, I don't share a lot of my personal life on purpose. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I think there's plenty of people on Instagram who are doing an amazing job at, you know, being mental health advocates, which I am one um, as well, but I don't feel like that needs to be like the main focus of of my brand, even though it is the foundation of it. I just don't think basically that I need to share my personal experiences. Um, but you know, in short, it is very hard. You know, if you struggle with severe depression, which I do, and I also have CPTSD, um, which is a complex PTSD disorder. Um, you know, it's really difficult. I don't really, you know, it's not that I don't care how people view me. I definitely do care. But if you're looking at my Instagram and you think that everything in my life is perfect, like, it's a highlight reel. It's a highlight reel. I'm only sharing what I want you to see. I mean, you see me posting, you don't see the mess in the back, you know, like it's, it's a lot. And, you know, Instagram is almost like a little bit of an escape for me. Um, my business is definitely a great escape for me. Um, it keeps me so busy that I don't necessarily have to think about, you know, the, the triggers or the trauma or, you know, the depression and stuff. But sometimes there are days the depression takes over. And if you don't see me posting for a long time, it's usually because I'm in bed and I've been in bed for two to three days because I'm struggling with depression. Um, you know, and that's just the reality. And again, if you look at my Instagram and think that everything's perfect, it's not. Nobody, nobody's life is perfect. You don't know what's going on behind closed door, you know, closed doors. Every day I live my life with, you know, things trigger me very, very easily. Um, and I think that's also going back to the piece about like, you know, confidence and personal growth in my business. Like specifically when I don't, when I don't feel like people see my achievements, or when I don't feel like I'm doing a good job, it's it's like a great way to go into depression for me and anxiety. Yeah. How, how do you work like around that or work through that? Um, therapy, medication, <laughs> um, definitely. Um, and I'll usually, I mean, therapy, honestly, like gaining tools through therapy to be able to have self-talk, like recognize and be aware of like, oh, that's negative self-talk. That's not reality. Like, let's bring it back down and let's talk about like, you know, let's look at the past. Okay. So in the past, when you've been depressed or in the past, when you've been anxious about certain things, how have things turned out? I'm still here. I'm breathing. I'm okay. I'm healthy. Thank God. You know, like everything is going to be okay. And even if it's not how you picture it or want it to be like, the bigger picture, what's, what's important, you know? And I think that 
grounding myself has been very, very helpful. And I can't, you can't give somebody like advice of like, this is what you need to do because we're so different. What helps me ground myself may not help somebody else may actually do the opposite. Um, so that's kind of how I think a lot of talking to myself and in therapy and, um, and just again, grounding myself, which I've learned through therapy. Yeah. Medication really helps. It definitely helps, but it's not the answer for me personally. Just that. Right. I, it doesn't really, I mean, if you have, if you have CPTSD, then you know what I'm talking about. Because of your history with depression, were you more prepared for the idea that you might have postpartum depression? I had a niche, <laughs> you know, like I thought I would, but I didn't realize to the degree, okay. you know, and, and then kind of feeling like, you know, my daughter would be better without me. That's when I was like, this is not, this is not, you know, or not being able to like, like there were times just being honest where she was crying and I could not get her to stop crying. And I just, I put her in her crib for her own safety. And I went in and took a shower, you know, and like, I, I, you can't feel guilty for that. You, if you know that you are not safe for your own child, you have to, you have to separate yourself. And I think that's actually, um, you know, if I were talking to someone else, obviously I have a lot of guilt for that. Um, she's a beautiful, healthy nine-year-old girl and I love her dearly again. Um, and thank God through that experience as I was actually able to, to be very different with the other two. Um, but you cannot, you know, if I were talking to somebody who told me that they had to do this, I would say to them that you cannot feel guilty. You actually did the best thing for your child in that moment. Um, and you were aware of yourself enough to be able to do that properly and safely, you know? Um, so that the, the postpartum was really, really bad, but thank God we got through it. Yeah. Wow. Did you have postpartum depression with all the kids or just her? I did, but not as severely as the first. I kind of knew what to expect. And I actually, before my son, who's this, this is a seven-year-old, I did, I did go to therapy specifically for, you know, when we have the baby, this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to deal with it. If you can't do this, then what's the plan? Oh, like, that's my you know, okay. like, like if, if you can't, you know, nurse, then what do you, like, how are you not going to feel guilty for that? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. But that's great that you were proactive at the time. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like the fact that you literally went and put your baby down for her own safety, like that in just place in her crib. And I right. just walked away and I, I took a shower quickly and I, I was just able to, I just needed to get away. Like I needed to just regroup. Yeah. I mean, and that shows, you know, emotional wellness in your part because you're so aware of like what had to be done for for you and for the baby right and there's just certain things like with depression like things that you do that are not you like you know it's not you so like you just need to regroup it's almost like you know a mommy timeout which by the way I give myself plenty of times like <laughs> mommy needs a timeout mommy needs a timeout mommy needs 10 seconds walk away from mommy you know like that's you know, and I think also that can translate into life and your business, like just, just 10 seconds, just get away from the situation for 10 seconds. And usually you can like regroup. That's a really good idea, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that also, you know, as business owners, we sometimes tend to, it's kind of like what you're saying, um, you know, just work, work, work. And then we don't give ourselves a break, but we really need that breather. So to, it's important to remember to, to, to let ourselves have that. Yeah. that time or whatever it is you need. Yeah. 
So could you, I would love to hear about, well, you've spoken about this a little bit, but what are some challenges that you've overcome in regards to building your brand? <laughs> oh, um, in regards to building my brand, I have overcome the challenge of wanting to make everything custom and wanting to please every single client with whatever they wanted. And I overcame the, you know, that feeling of like, oh my gosh, if I scale down, what's going to happen? And I did scale down and it's, it's been amazing. Thank God. Um, so that I've overcome, I've overcome, you know, not understanding the numbers and figuring that out. Um, I've overcome, you know, competitors not being very nice. Um, I've overcome some really interesting situations. Um, thank God everything was fine. Um, what else have I overcome? Um, I've overcome getting over, like needing all the control in my business. And I now have an assistant. I actually have an awesome. assistant. Thank God. Yes. She's amazing. She's actually running my studio open hours, which are in the basement right now. Um, which is great. Um, when did you, by the way, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Cause that's an important, mm -hmm. um, topic in and of itself of hiring people. Yeah. Just a few months ago. And it's been like a whole new world. So, what would your reels? Cause I have time now. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, I was actually wondering, I was like, cool. Like she makes so many reels that takes up like hours. Yeah. Um, but I love your reels. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. They're fun to watch. Um, but that's, that's a very important point about hiring people. Right. So what, what point would you advise someone to, um, to go out and find someone to hire? When you feel like you're losing yourself. And if you can't afford it, that's when you hire. Even if it's just for a couple of hours. I, I, that's one, one of my regrets is that I didn't do it sooner just because I needed to have control. I don't like to be vulnerable. I don't like to like give over, um, you know, something that I've worked so hard on. And like, I don't like mistakes. I'm just being honest. Like I, I am a little bit of a perfectionist in certain areas, but like you can't grow that way. You just can't. Things have to like, muscles have to hurt a little bit, you know, in order to get stronger. So yeah, that's the reality. But she's been amazing. So I like, I, why didn't I do it before? I don't know. <laughs> How did you find her? Um, she actually reached out to me and a couple years ago, um, once or twice about how, if I'm looking for a position, you know, she'd be happy to like help me out be an assistant and then I like posted on my Instagram a couple like a couple like half a year ago like I'm looking for somebody and then we you spoke and I hired her and I was like she she wants to be here you know she reached out to me before so I was like this is perfect and our personalities mesh she's she's amazing thank god that's awesome yeah yeah but yeah. Really, when you when you're not sleeping when you feel like you're losing yourself when you're just like you have that anxiety in your chest and like I have orders but I have to post products and then I have to design a new collection like you need you need help you need help right like That's I'm true. very into a personal touch in my packages like I like to sign my name I like to write your name I like to you know put a sticker or put a scrunchie in like I really love gifting I love it's my love language I love gifts and I love giving gifts um so you but you can teach somebody how to do that too so I'm learning true totally yeah. totally cat pops up on here I apologize in advance if what I have two cats and oh right next to me so no problem. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. Um, not I think the fact is a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with like, when do we hire someone? When do we do we wait for something like, you know, and it's interesting because I, you know, some some people, um, they'll actually borrow, they'll borrow money. 
to hire someone. Yeah. Um, and obviously there are so many components to these decisions, but um, it's really important. Like, as you said, when you feel like you're losing yourself and you feel like you're just like losing your mind, like it's, it's time to really think about that. Yeah. And like, also like if you have, ki- if you have kids or if you have a husband or, you know, you know, with your family, even if you find like, you don't have time or even with your friends, you just don't have time or you're just too tired. You don't want to do anything with them. Like hire someone, even if it's for a couple of hours. I mean, it's hard to find people who want, you know, just part-time, but I think it's, it's worth the investment in finding. And if, if you are in a position where you're comfortable borrowing money to do that, that's fine. I was not in a position like that. Um, I did wait until, you know, God, you know, thank God that my business was at a point where I knew that like, I don't like to owe people money. So like, I knew that I would be able to pay her like every week. That's when, I mean, with God's help, that's when I decided it's time. So yeah, there was a part of my childhood, there was a lot of trauma. So I just disassociated myself from that period of my life. So I do very much identify with like a little girl who like didn't have the confidence that she needed, like the real confidence. Um, So, you know, when these things happen, it's like very hard to disassociate. Like you're not a child, you're an adult. You are an adult. You are a confident woman. You built your own business. You know, you're a good mom on most days, you know, like just- Like give yourself that positive reinforcement that you would give a friend if they came to you with the same thing. Totally. Totally. It's not perfect. I don't do this all the time, but you know. Right. But it's important still. And it's our childhood self talking very often. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Often, yeah. Most of the time, probably. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of the time, but it, it, again, it's, you know, we got to grow. For sure. Being worthwhile isn't, isn't a little bit uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of learning experiences, do you have any other learning experiences that you want to share? Sure. Um, I think that we really focus on what other people think a lot. And most people are thinking about themselves. They really are. They're, they're thinking yeah. the same they're thinking. They're thinking like, oh my gosh, they're thinking about me or what do they think? Or I want to impress them. They're not actually thinking about you. It's just yeah. a really feel like most people are like worried about what other people think that they're so in that, including myself at times that like there, no one, everyone is feeling the same way. So just be yourself and, you know, give yourself grace and, you know, just, you can't, you cannot live your life just worried about what everybody else is going to think. Like, what do you think of yourself? You know? And I think that can be very grounding. I think that can be very scary. Um, but it's important. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah that's so important um I love that because it's like when you go into a party let's say and you feel self-conscious or whatever yeah. um if you just focus on other people making them feel comfortable you'll end up forgetting about the self-consciousness and having a great time and everyone else is still yeah. focused on and worried about what everyone else is thinking yeah yeah exactly um okay so ending off I want to ask you the question that I ask everyone what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with I hope that the next generation of women, my daughters are included in this, will not feel the guilt that we feel for everything. Um, You know, guilt for not being, you know, the best entrepreneur, the best daughter, the best wife, the best mother. Like, I want them to just, you know, obviously challenge themselves. I don't want them to just be stagnant, but challenge yourself, but also give yourself grace. And if you give yourself grace, you don't need to feel guilty for it. That's like, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, totally. 
I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so important. No, it's true. <laughs> and I, I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, I think talking about it will help, but it's, it's, it's easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, I think talking about everything is going to, is the first step, you know, whatever it is that you want to change, just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, Spread awareness, all those things. So um, yes. Okay. And where can people find you Valerie, if they want to learn more about you? Um, They can find me on Instagram at Valerie Chicago. They can go to my website, ValerieChicago.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on TikTok. Amazing. Wow. You're everywhere. Okay. (laughs) And also, um, all that information will be in the show notes. So if you need spelling help or whatever it is, even though it's a V-A-L-E-R-I, Chicago, yeah, right? I'm not like the E at the end of it. Right. <laughs> I, I learned from my mistakes. I'm trying to find you. I'm like, where is the E? Like, where is she? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I do not know. not alone. It happens to right. so Valerie, it was such a pleasure having you on our show. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. And I know everyone's going to be really inspired and learn a lot from you. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Seriously. Thank you. I'm honored. My pleasure. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 